don't know if you knew this. I was in France for a little while. Yeah, so, yeah. You've you've mentioned it a time or two. Yeah, <laughs> you're like I remember from the eight second delays and me having to do the podcast during my fucking lunch break. Yeah, yes. right. rings a bell. Yeah, the the eight second delay was de- was preparing me for the text thread. Just like oof, <laughs> swing and a miss. Welcome back, everybody. The most awesome and brand and a sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 213 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandon. And with me, as always, a Jayhawk through broship. Most awesome. Ooh, that's right. I'm I'm yeah. I'm a Jayhawk adjacent. That's right. For the crew. Yeah, bro. Yeah, you get you get some go blues out of me every once in a while. Like, do you do you feel like a little? Rock I mean, being around, yeah, being around the brethren so long, you gotta have a little rock chalk there. Yes, I did throw on the text thread that, and it was ignored too. Uh, yeah. That since you've known me, you KU's won two chips, oh. the Royals won a World Series, and the Chiefs have brought it home. I mean, I don't want to say you know, wow, I'll be out there, but you know, <laughs> I mean, that is that's some heavy facts you're laying down. That just went, just people breezing through that on the text thread just fucking bowling me over like it was a speed bump in a walmart parking lot <laughs> you know what it is it's probably like when you're in the middle of a no hitter you don't want to say anything you don't want to acknowledge it yes it's right. just kind of yeah. like no, every- you took it with gas until we get that like casey wizards victory or whatever mm-hmm. like it's just like not not gonna pay it any yeah money. i'm gonna a thousand yard stairs in the dugout i'm just sitting here like hey guys what's up <laughs> pop it in there um what's going on bro how you doing man how's that that house game just dominating your life right oh yeah yeah we're we're in the thick of it last night before the game met with us so we put our did i tell you i think i told you i went until the pot so we put the um we put the house mab studios midwest we put it up on the market yeah uh last weekend and had 28 29 showings between like late friday all the way through like we had one showing on monday afternoon we got 13 fucking offers oh what's going is that like 20 that sounds like a shitload that sounds like that's a shit after, after you show one set like one couple like that couple just shows the next couple like it's just yep. like hey we're gonna show you what it's just, just a revolving like, door of people it's just like house. just bringing like yeah just like three three couples like or whatever just like come on in here let's do it almost sounds like is when it's open house become an option yeah exactly i, I was i was definitely feeling like a little lou ferrigno need to get some sandwiches out there <laughs> and like really set up the i love you man situation um, but I mean, it's basically what it is. Cause they were just like, they were just packing them in. Hey, can I do two fifteen? It's interesting. Now there's like an app and you as the homeowner can like yay or nay the request to like, come see the house. Oh, cool. So I was just, you know, finger on the green button, just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yep. Come, come on, come all. Um, so we basically like Friday night, we went out to dinner, uh, take, took a leisurely kind of, you know, dinner. Um, and then saturday dr mrs the commission had to work on saturday so i took the kids were running around doing a bunch of stuff little literally like was going to like costco just to walk around like you know while we were out of the house um and then we went and went to the country club did some swimming we you know went out to dinner uh we went bowling we we were literally packing in they were they were tired on on saturday sunday woke up went to breakfast went to church um 
went to a movie movie that they already had seen, but were like, let's just do a matinee, you know, a Sunday afternoon, which was fun. Um, we were literally the only people in the theater, only oh, people cool. there, which was fun. It was because it was we went and saw Sing Two, and it was the sing along version of it. So by the oh, end, by yeah? the end, yeah, it was really fun. By the end, they were they weren't like they're like, can we do this? But by the end, we literally like put them up on to the front of the 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 screen. There's a yeah. little like balcony there, and they're like running around being a part of the movie because it's like fuck it, we're the only people here. That's as long so as awesome. we don't break anything, let's just do it. You know what's crazy is being the only people there is the coolest. Yes. And there's only like a one person difference in it all of a sudden becoming the not coolest. And that's just you and just someone else in there that you don't know. And if they just sit like slightly behind you, like right out of your periphery, if you're the only two people in the movie theater, it's super uncomfortable. We had this for a brief second. We were in there. We got there. Obviously, we got to the theater early because we had nothing else to do. We then get in there, we're watching all the trailers, and then literally with like two minutes before the movie is actually sp- supposed to start, door swings open, old lady comes walking through, and I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be real weird right now. Yeah. <laughs> and she just stands there, like kind of like- Getting weirder. Not, getting weirder. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Up in the weirder weirdness quotient. <laughs> and she's just staring at it. And then finally, like, Dr. The Commission leans over, and she's like, hi. And she's like- is what movie is this? And we're like, this is Sing Two. And she's like, ha, huh? it's because the movie's blaring. So I get up, I'm like, it's Sing Two. And she's like, oh, okay. Not like I'm in the wrong theater or this is the movie I came to see. Just oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, what's up? What are we doing here? Are are we gonna just be a, a, a six a six tuplet here? A six quint? What is this? <laughs> yeah, six you, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you, do you do a little bass? Like, let's hear that soprano yeah. voice. Like, what, what do you bring right, to the table? Exactly, exactly. Where where do you fill in? And then she just walks out. I'm like, I don't think she's coming back because I, I was worried that she was gonna bring like a bevy of like grandkids along. I mean, she was like in her she was gray hair. She was yeah. full full blue hair totally going at it i was worried she's gonna bring a bunch of kids she never showed up i don't know what happened maybe she fell down in the hallway i have no idea we're out there enjoying ourselves whooping it up on sing too got it done but you do have to get out of the house like right now like i'm looking at you in the podcast too like i'm not gonna see like a curtain open up and it's just real estate agent and be like and this is and you can podcast here like right this is, <laughs> this is a podcast studio see here I'll say hello here as you see yeah Oh, well, we're about to take you on a tour through this podcast. Woo! is good. Rip from the headlines, we're doing college basketball national championship. We're doing MAB fixes, watch party etiquette. Mm-hmm. I got a little, does MA have it from the inbox? We're going to hit Ooh. the inbox. Also going to stay in there and get a couple more emails. Neapolitan Showdown doing best revenge movies. And then we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. about this week brother Woo, my boy b just hanging another banner oh man out of all the years this one felt kind of crazy like and i was saying it from 
you know, when it looked like we were going to play Miami, I don't know, for whatever reason, also, like, I think I just got back into the country. So I was actually able to watch the games on the regular time. Sure. But it, it looked like kind of a, it was shaping up to be a nice year for maybe Kansas to get one, to make up for all those years that they were like the number one overall, have I already talked about this on the pod, but just being like the number one, like overall seed, like, you know, being like one of those 2012 Kentuckys and then like not getting it done. And then like 2020, they were getting like a lot of love, a lot of looks. And then that's the year that uh, they canceled the tournament. So it was just like, it's just like, man, it would be, it feels that we're about, you know, like maybe not one and a half chip short, but maybe like one full chip short of where we should be as a school. Right. No, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you've had like some bad beats, especially early on in like self's tenure, you know what I mean? And yeah. obviously like the history of all the, the great Roy Williams teams to like fall short or just make a final four, never having like enough to get over the hump. This was one of those like situations where it's like, Oh, maybe a few of the, you know, cause every team, every championship team has like a few breaks that fall their way. Right. Yeah. And like catching, you know, Villanova with the injury, you know, not taking, I still think you beat them with Justin Moore, but still like that was a, a thing in like in KU's favor. Right. And, you know, getting some of the upsets in your field and facing a Miami team that I think like very much you know, like, was a very good matchup for, for KU. Same thing with Providence. Providence was, I think probably one of your toughest kind of like mid round opponents. You're like, yeah. Ooh, if we don't get past them, this is going to be a little dicey. And then you, that, you know, then you catch, you know, a, a UNC team that's just on a heater, but it's like, you know, wasn't any because they were an eight seed for a reason. Like they were the, yeah. yeah, they were they were an eight seed well, for a reason. It's a little bit of UNC story this year. So kind of talking about it from the other side, because we'll definitely give plenty of talk to the Jayhawks. But mm-hmm. like why I mean, was there a little like there's a little bubble talk? I mean, did you ever buy any of that? And then what they just like, is this the classic get hot like right at the right time? I think so. I mean, they were definitely like putting it all together. Um, but they were, I mean, they were getting fucking run early in the season. Uh, yeah. they, they lost to, I think it was Miami by like 20 some odd points. Uh, and they were, and everyone was saying the ACC, like as a conference was a little on the, the lower side of things, you know, not as, not as much quality, obviously like a couple of the top teams were pretty good, but the middle of the pack was maybe not so great. Um, from where they normally are just for where they, yeah, which we normally expect like an yep. ACC division to be or conference to be. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think like they started to progress, but even still then in the ACC tournament, it's not like they ran away with it in the tournament. You know, I think beating Duke, you know, in the final game, coach K's last game in, in, in uh, Cameron was a big, like, kind of like, all right, they might be like primetime players, but then they shit the bed in the ACC conference tournament. So it's like, they're very much like an up and down team. And I think, and Hubert Davis is the new head coach for UNC and he was an assistant um, under Roy uh, for Roy Williams for a long time. And then this is his first year taking over and he had his kind of learning curve as a head coach too. Um, and finally like figured out a good like rhythm and like a way to, a style of play. And the, the team started to kind of gel and kind of come together right at the right moment, not enough. So to give them a hired seed. Cause I think that they talent wise, you know, they were a team that was like preseason. I, I want to say like, they were probably in the top 
20 or so drink everybody. I don't know if that stats hundred percent, but they were definitely like, they were not, they were not coming into the season as an eight seed. So, you know, looking at it from, you know, that standpoint, I think they had a few lulls in the early part of the season started to kind of come together right at the right moment. Yeah. Cause I mean that, um, yeah. Preseason they were 19th. Sorry. So uh, I was right. Top 20. Take that drink back. <laughs> spit it back in the cup. Spit it. Spit it. Spit it. Um, yeah. That back out guy, like the, you got a manic that yep. just kind of has that size dangerous from three. And mm-hmm. then back out, it just really, were they not playing well earlier? I mean, I didn't see like hardly any like regular season, like college hoops, like, but it just seemed like, really like Backot's game of just knowing the situation, like backing in, like drawing that contact and really like, we'll get into it more when we break down the game, but it's all him. Like those two guys get on those second and third chance points, which is what helped that second half of the first half UNC kind of pull away to that 15 point lead. Yeah. He was a, he was fucking phenomenal six double doubles and which I think they said was a tournament record. Every yeah. game was a double double. He had a double double in the first half of the championship game. I mean, he was unbelievable. My sister-in-law, sister-in-law to Dr. Miss at the committee. She's also a doctor too. So Dr. Sister-in-law, she's a UNC uh, alum. She graduated from medical school there. She watches this team. She was like, Baycott is one of the most frustrating players because he is capable of dominating on both ends of the floor, but also making like horrifically bad decisions, getting in foul trouble early, like just trying to do too much. Uh, and I think this is like, you know, UNC, it's not surprising that Baycott, their best player, like really started to figure out how to be a dominant force on both ends, stay on the court, you know, and just, you know, he was a real problem for the Jayhawks in that first half, just his activity around the rim. He wasn't making a lot of shots, but he was getting fouled, going to the line. He was shooting well from he the line. He make his free throws, yeah. He was making his free throws, which was huge. And then he was just, he was just like, you couldn't keep him off the board. So, I mean, he was gobbling up offensive rebounds and, you know, in the second half, you know, we could talk, we could talk about more about the game, but I mean, I think like it, it, it totally like their success mirrors Baycott figuring it out. on being like a presence on both sides of the ball. Yeah. So we kind of look at that, how the game starts. We'll just jump into it. Um, KU comes out to kind of that fast start. I think it starts out like seven zero. Yeah, like, seven zero run early, and I and I and I texted right away. I love the fact that uh, um, uh, Oche fucking drained a three. Right, I was I was like, ooh, that's a quick trigger. But I needed to see. I wanted to see that aggressiveness because he had yep. been very passive early on, and I thought that that was a huge sign. And then yeah, you guys go, you know, on a on a seven zero run early to start. Yes, they go with that. I mean, and. I mean, it was just it was really leaning in that narrative that a lot of people were talking about, which is just, um, you know, an eight seed was such an emotional win, like over their rival that they had beat twice in a row with like the coach K and everything like where they're going to come out like not like a little gas, but kind of gave everything they had. So you know, at that point, were you thinking like maybe this is not one of those closer championships games where Kansas kind of keeps it in between like seven and like right there on the just a little over double digits kind of the entire time and coast a little bit? At first, yeah, because because UNC and I and I wanted to text. I was like, don't let the guards for UNC kind of get a little bit of a rhythm, because that's where they're going to get dangerous. And if they can keep the guards, and I and I loved you know Ajabe. Uh, I keep pronouncing his name right. I drink everybody because I cannot pronounce Oche Ajabe Ajab Ajabwe. No, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Abaji. 
Abaji, thank you. You know how to say it. Yeah. Uh, Abaji. I'm just gonna say it fast so that people don't <laughs> yeah. have a question. But uh, I love that he was also defending Caleb Love, UNC's kind of best kind of, you know, freelance score aside from Baycott. So I thought it was something that if, if they let the guards, if they kind of can control the guards of UNC, this is going to be something, yeah, where, yeah, they can kind of keep a decent lead throughout the game. And eventually we're going to get a UNC team that got run against like Kentucky by 30 or Wake Forest by 20, or, you know what I mean? Some of these bad losses, they're going to crumble in the second half because we saw that in the, in the Baylor game, when they were pressing, when the, when Baylor decided where they were down a lot, they were decided to pressure the guards and put them into bad decision-making, you know, RJ Davis, Caleb love are good individual scores. I think great. in like a pick and roll situation, but I think struggle making like quality basketball decisions at times, especially when they're sped, when they're made uncomfortable. And I thought that that's what early on we saw. Maybe that's what, UN or KU is going to be doing to UNC. It did look like that. So what gets UNC not only back in this game, but gives them control. I mean, it's just a poor shot selection by KU, right? Poor shot selection. They couldn't get it. They couldn't get anything to fall in and around the rim. And it was one of those things where it was like, they're getting a little bit of momentum, getting a little bit of steam. And then they're just kind of trading punches. You know, they're going up a couple points. We're coming back. We're rallying back. But the, the momentum is very much like on the plus side for UNC in that first half. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and, and here's the thing is, is the refs were letting the paint guys, Baycott, McCormick, like those guys, they were letting them mix it up. You know, Manic got that fucking huge elbow as he kind of turned into oh, yeah. McCormick. Yeah. I mean, he definitely looked like he was concussed. Yeah. And I thought that that was like a, a big X factor for KU because now that's another outside shooter that UNC does not have. They're not a deep team and it's size. So you can kind of, you know, Wilson can be aggressive. And even though he's six, eight, you know, he's still pretty athletic and kind of mix it up as like a, a small ball four. now, you know, now, now they lost another like real, like outside perimeter shot guy. And, you know, he even got cranked in the face again, but the rest were letting them mix it up and bang bodies. I mean, McCormick and Baycott were like really banging into each, each other pretty good. So I thought that, that was, you know, uh, an interesting to kind of monitor. But I think it was once Manic got that injury, I thought it was maybe this is like something that KU can can feast on if they get Baycott in trouble. But they were never ever they were never able to do that. But yeah, they weren't. I mean, I think he went into. Only had like I think one foul at halftime, or maybe maybe two. Baycott, yeah. Baycott, yeah. But it just like because that's what I wanted to see. Like I thought the strategy was like I want to see Braun like slashing a lot more, like taking it after them. Because I thought like you know you take away McCormick, uh, Baycott, like you take away like one of those like this that size on the inside, then you just I don't think you can hang with KU. But they mm-hmm. were just like leaning that on that so hard, and it was just towards the end of the you know the first half is just all that banging, like our guys getting into foul trouble. And it was just like, man, this is, this is a tough hill to climb, especially if we're shooting like this. And that's kind of what took us through the first half. And well, I mean, were you thinking at the end of the first half that this is over? Oh yeah. I mean, the run was, I mean, it started with two back-to-back threes. It was tied 22 all 
Manic hits back to back threes basically in a in a short, you know, couple minute span. Yeah. And that's when I was like, uh-oh, if he's dialed in, because he he missed a couple of his shots after that like concussion pretty badly. Yeah. So I was like, once he knocked those down, saw it go through the rim, and then they just went on a run. You had also you had a really bad fouls. You had McCormick on the foul trailing on that three-point shot by RJ Davis. Yeah. So that was three free throws. Right. And then it just started to, to steamroll. They were they went on an 18 to three run to close out the half. And all of the momentum, even at like I said, after 7-0, it, it started to get tightened up. And then it was like 55-45, you know, momentum side on on UNC. Then they blew the door open. And it was one of those things. I mean, I I haven't watched as many KU guy, uh, games as you guys have, but it definitely seemed like everyone was like, "Uh oh, this is we're gonna we're, we're gonna crumble in the second half. We're gonna kind of we're gonna we're not gonna be able to like chip away yeah. at this team. There's there's ways to get back in it, but I don't necessarily know if like KU has the heart to do this. Yeah, and the last thing I want to bring up was the just the second and third chance points. Like you could tell just like towards the end of the first half that that was a just a gigantic problem. And honestly, it kept. Um, I mean, we'll get into the second half. We'll do that like right now. But through the course of the second half, too, like it just became the biggest Achilles heel for KU because it's just like you basically. It felt like you got one opportunity, and every time they came down, they got like two and a half. Yeah, like they're going to shoot it two and a half times. So you just have to like. Just hope that shooting percentage stays down. I, I I've yet to see anyone really talk about the fact that they had for for the whole game twenty four offensive rebounds, I think fifty five total rebounds, and they out rebounded KU by twenty boards. I mean that's a huge like margin of uh you know some teams can overcome that by shooting just really efficiently you know, but it's not like either team was shooting all that well. And when you have like you said. 24 offensive rebounds where you have second and third possessions in the same play. It's, it's so like defeating as a defensive player. It's also like, it also wears you out, right? Like just like you're playing, you know, it's almost like you're playing defense, like one and a half times longer than the other team is like, you're just kind of running around scrambling, like getting boxed out. Like you want to try for it, but it's also, you just got those big guys that are right there, just putting it back up. And then you come down as KU and you get good looks at the rim, but you can't finish. Like, it's a double, like you said, then they're getting the rebounds and they're going, they're just running their guards. The UNC's guards in the first half really could get wherever they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the thing where it's like, that's where they start to kind of carve you up a little bit because they've got good creators and in, in love and in Davis that can kind of do what they want. So it's dumb to ask, but I think you can qualify it or get more specific with it. What exactly is momentum? Is momentum like internal? Do you create it? Does everyone feel it? Is it like, you know, like, what is it? Mm. I think it's, you know, I think it's. Like, like everyone just gets confident at the same time. Like you just kind of. Yeah. I think like we, we see it in the, in the strangest ways. Cause KU had it, you know, um, KJ Adams had a block at, at halftime that was really like, Oh, that's a kind of like a big play that was unexpected. I think, I think what happens is, is momentum comes from those players or those moments where it's least expected. Right. And then, and I think a lot of times what happens is, is it shakes the team and it kind of like reverberates through the team. It's like, Oh, this guy made a play like, Oh shit. Like, all right. You know what I mean? And it's, it's something that is, it's, you know, it's, 
it's an intangible. It's hard to put your finger on, but it is, I think what you said earlier is, is really specific is, is people feel it through that team. Right. And it kind of like, it just spills over to everyone. Because you don't say it's not like, yeah, three of these guys have momentum. The other two catch it. Like it just kind of like, it takes, it, it kind of reminds me of like an arm wrestling match like take it to just like over the top, you know, like momentum is Sylvester Stallone, like turning his hat backwards. Yes. And it's just kind of like, just kind of this new, it's like a spike in energy. Like momentum to me is just mm-hmm. this spike in energy that happens of just like this buzz thing that happened where like confidence comes back. And then like that kind of makes the, you know, your the, because the opposition feels it too. They feel that energy kind of coming from you can't match it. So they feel like a little like psychologically overpowered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like a great example of it is in the first half, like Puff Johnson crashing the glass uh, as time is running out, getting the offensive rebound and laying it up to go, you know, there were 38, 25, and then just getting that easy like bucket with like just crashing the glass, just a hustle play. And that's the prime example of a guy that, you know, I mean, he averages three points a game, you know, doesn't really get a lot of minutes. And now he's crashing the glasses, making big plays on the biggest stage. That's momentum. And you're riding, you're riding high. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure UNC never wanted to go into halftime. They're like, fuck this. Keep yeah. going. Like, let's run <laughs> yeah, the ball back. That. Let's keep going, <laughs> let's man. Finish. Let's finish it. Um, yeah, well, unfortunately, they did have to go into halftime. And then it just kind of seemed like I just, KU's just, it was a lot more on the defensive end, right? Like just this pace, this frenetic pace of just like, we just, you know, like whatever the rims are being tight or whatever, we're not going to let you score. And then that turned to just like quick transition basketball where it seemed like UNC had a real problem keeping up. Yes. A hundred percent defense stops. They, they turn them over, but we, if we want to talk a little bit about how, and this is, I think the biggest thing where Bill self understands this and figures out. Yeah the best way to shift momentum in, in game, call an in game, you know, tactician, whatever the case may be, but he knows how to swing the balance of power in a game very quickly. And if you're a bill self fan and you've watched him, and I've casually watched this, but bill self, he's going to look to call a play to get an alley-oop to get a dunk, to get somebody to generate a little bit of energy, that spike in energy that, and the dunk is where it's going to come. And what did we see in the first half? That baseline lob is a staple of KU. We see it all the time. Now here we had like a sideline, like out of bounds play or like a sideline play where, uh, where uh, uh, McMurray or uh, McCormick, excuse me, McCormick caught like a running down the center of the lane alley-oop. That was a, that was like the first little yeah. like heartbeat and the life of like, all right, we're not going to fucking go away. We're going to like infuse a little bit of juice into, um, into our team right now. And, and Bill self is going to draw up a play. He's going to look for an oop. Abaji had one on the baseline. I think it was against Ohio. Uh, I think it was against Providence where he called up a nice play on the baseline and Jabe, uh, fuck. What's his name? God damn it. What? What's a job? Okay. Uh, what's that? Now I'm making, now, now I'm making you say it bad. Yeah. Ajabi. Abaji. Abaji. Thank you. Um, he calls it up all the time. He's done it throughout. As far as I can remember, he does it with players. He finds Thomas Robinson is on many receiving ends of those, but that like really sets the tone. And then they, then they did a lot of things where they pulled from the Baylor game where they were given three quarter pressure. They were just giving like kind of full court pressure and they just ratcheted up the defensive uh, end. 
And when you get a couple of those things, all you need is a couple stops, a couple rebounds, get guys running in transition. Christian Braun was huge in the second half. Uh, he had, he had one play where he snatches the rebound, just takes it coast to coast. Just like, you know, see more of that. Yeah. 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 But those are like, those are momentum plays. Those are just like easy buckets, seeing it going through. I mean, he was Braun in the, in the, in the second half at 10 points and five rebounds and two assists. You know, I mean, he was all over it. I mean, McCormick, I loved McCormick in the second half, catching the loop. Yeah. dominating the glass i mean he was great, fucking awesome great post move too like that little hook that he puts in there like yeah it's really good soft touch yeah he was he was he was fucking fantastic i thought he was great and he had been really he had been solid in the villanova game like he had been a really strong contributor contributor um through throughout the, the the title run all right it's three more things i want to hit on before we get out of here i was just yes. i, I want to say one thing though it's just like there's they got it down like underneath 10 pretty quickly. Like I think it was three and a half minutes into that uh, second mm-hmm. half or whatever. The difference between 15 and nine might be the largest six points in anything. Like 15 just seemed like insurmountable. And then once you got, you're just like, we're in single digits. Like this is a ball game. Yeah. We're, we're, we have yes. Under 10 with like eight minutes to go. Like this is totally within our realm. Yeah, we just keep we doing what we're doing. We keep chipping away. Also, let's not forget about how clutch Remy Martin was. Absolutely. I think, about, but I think, I, I think it was quicker than that though. I think it was, I, I think, think they had it right. tied up. Yeah. Yeah. But Remy, Remy, yeah, Remy was absolutely huge. Like those shots, like I couldn't, I could have like, uh, like two huge threes, I think within like two or three minutes of each other. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was with 15 minutes left it was eight points with 15 minutes left. So they, they eviscerated. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, they put up, you know, nine, you know, 25, they put up 10 points and in, in five minutes real quick, shut them out for five points. I mean, that was a big swing right there. And then it just, that's kind of what you want to, I mean, because I think what you're fearing is once they kind of hack it back in or once they get it down to like 11 or 10, you don't want to see that balloon back up to 15. Cause you're just like, shit, are we just going to be seesawing around this five point gap? Right, right, right. Like, yeah, I think that's when you run out of energy. But it just seemed like like we were talking about that momentum. Okay, so three three things before we get out of here. Yeah. Um, the fuck was up with this kid throwing up? What was that? And he like comes back in the game. Like I don't like it was it was insane. Like that, I was, <laughs> well, it was scary. I was just like, is this like a concussion caused this? Like what happened? Yeah, like, no, no. He, was it was he like I shouldn't have had that like shrimp scampi at halftime? Like what's <laughs> going on with this kid? Yeah, man, he got caught with a little hot pocket belly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they said that he got hit in the stomach and knocked his wind out. I don't. I, they they couldn't find it. That we would have seen a replay, right? It's bizarre yeah. to see someone like throw up on the court. I've I've I, I texted this on the thread. I've never seen that. I don't remember seeing. Like I've seen guys throw up on the football field. I've yeah. never seen dudes throw up on a basketball court. Yeah, I was I mean, scared because I thought that game, was uh, in, in like, game. Yeah, like a, a concussion symptom or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I thought what I was actually worried about is he caught like a like an accidental like elbow or like like chopped to the throat by accident. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. they get caught up and guys are kind of pushing and grabbing at each other, and you know somebody swings an arm and he's now kind of like choking on his own like you know spit or whatever yeah that was that was bizarre i think that that was just i think he likes to say he got punched in the belly 
Mm-hmm. He got the bubble guts, but I think he was just gassed. I think he was sucking wind and fucking yeah, threw up. After it. All right. It's almost like MVP status right there. Keep going mm-hmm. for it. Um, so Baycott uh, hurts his ankle towards the end of the game. Like I think he twisted it. And then KU yeah. pulls up on the four on five. Is that sportsmanship? I don't know, man. Or, not, or, or did they not see it? Or is college basketball not clean enough to like truly be confident that you can take advantage of five on four? I don't know what happened because I mean was... I think it it is it is a spot where you would want to eat up some clock, but I mean it's a, definitely a spot where you take the points and go up by two scores. Because I'm trying to think, like where that was, like what? T- yeah, that was like 51 seconds left in the game. Ku's up 70 to 69 at this point, where he turns it over, yeah. right? Because that's 51 yeah. seconds, so they come down. And then I'm not sure what happens. I would have loved to seen in that moment to call it, to call it sportsmanship is self calling off the dogs. If, is he saying hold up or did he not even recognize it? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think we'll yeah. ever truly know the answer to that. Cause we didn't get a really good look at like, there's no good replay is like what it was self-directing them where the guys like stopped looking back. I doubt in that yeah. moment that there was that like, Oh, this is like, we see it a lot of times where guys are down and if they've got moment, like they're running and they're going, they're not even looking back. You know what I mean? So no. Yeah. I mean, I think like, that's what my instincts was just like, like you scream at the te- TV where like the QB doesn't see the wide receiver, just like yes. all alone, like right there in the corner. Like it just seemed like a thing, like you have the number, you have number, like Pat, like just move the ball, move it around, like make, make something happen. So it was, yeah. I don't know. It, that was like, maybe I was like, I don't know. No, no, I, I, we all, we all would love it to be sportsmanship for yeah, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, God forbid that KU loses. And then you're like, Oh, <laughs> didn't really necessarily need the sportsmanship <laughs> in that moment. Uh, and then the final thing, man, stepping on that out of bounds. Ooh, that out of bounds line. How like, fucking nervous were you? Oh man, we we're outside a bar. So we couldn't hear. I was just like, are they, are they reviewing the foul? Like, did they call a foul on the floor? And then, yeah. you couldn't do that. They did call a foul. I don't know. You could call a foul and then be like, oh shit. Now that we look at the monitor, he stepped out of bounds. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Well, they called the, I thought that they were calling it. They called the foul. The right. They okay. called the foul, right? They called it the, because yeah. they were trying to foul. Yeah. And then they called that. But I think it, it was simultaneous. I think one ref was calling the out of bounds, one oh, okay. ref was calling the foul. But I thought that they at first were review, like looking at if it was um, if there was like a foul pre inbounds. Right. Did they did they like mug him early? Just like they didn't really get him. But then I saw the other angle and you're like, oh, my God, he stepped out of bounds. And I'm, then it's like, all right, well, they got to figure out how much time to put on the clock. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you're going to have like and, and they explained it really nicely. He was like, at minimum, you have to if the balls inbounded. You have to take. 0.3 seconds off the clock, which is what I think they did. I think it was like 4.6. They dropped it down to 4.3 because it was like a bang, bang. He caught it, stepped out of bounds. Like as he was catching it, his foot was on the, like just hugging that line. Yeah. Which, I mean, a three-point game where you're like, holy shit, like this isn't over. And this is like a dangerous moment for some kid to fucking just heave one up. Yeah, it's like that team of destiny. Like it just kind of, but yeah, didn't happen. Beautiful. There, didn't there, happen. There, yeah, there was like what I think like four three point attempts, like through the course of all the rebounds they got in that last one. We'll see. Well, long Pretty story close, short, yeah. 
Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Rock Chalk Jayhawk, baby. How's yeah, it feel? How's it feel? It, it feels it feels really great, man. You know, what's funny is like now it gets you because, you know, like I it started out you like we first moved here, but he gets together and they all watch the regular season. I like the closer you are to getting out of college, you watch all the regular season games like you're there, right. they like you're getting geared up. Maybe you're passing you a little older, like you know, just kind of like now you're just like, oh, shit, it's college basketball season. It's just like, oh, you know, there's no set schedule. It's just like, oh, the Jayhawks are playing today. Well, I'll catch them in the regular. This fucking gets you back into college basketball. Like yeah. I'll be watching all okay, KU, like back on watching all KU basketball games next year. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm glad. Happy for uh, Rock Chalk Nation out there. Congrats! It was a good season, and I do love the underrated storyline of like the 2020 team yeah. that was, you know, you know, basically stolen away from them. And that's what I'm saying. Like that, that's the breaks we were talking about earlier. Like no one could have predicted that, obviously. And, um, you know, it's a shame that they didn't get to live out their dream, but I do love, I think that's a great sign of like a guy that really appreciates the history of the program is kind of like given Devin Dotson being like, Hey, this is like, you should have one of these too. You know what I mean? Like, yep. that's great. That's really like a sweet moment shows that Bill Self's like a, you know, cares about the kids that he coaches. Definitely. All right. It maybe fixes. <laughs> George, is it my time off yet or what? I'm, I'm getting tired. All right, watch party etiquette. That just needs to go longer and longer each time. Yes. It just has to be. Um, you texted me this. Maybe it fixes watch party etiquette. We're both dudes that are very conscious of our surroundings. Mm-hmm. We're we're leaders. We like to play by the rules. Set a good example yes. for the people around us. Yes, I love um, it. <laughs> most of the time. Um, what do you think about this? Is this at a at a house or are we at a bar? I think, I think it's, I well definitely at a house. Like I was thinking about it. Like when you, you know, are at a, like watching with, because if you're at a bar, it's kind of like communal space. It's hard to like be mindful of your surroundings because you're there with, I'm assuming your people, but like at a, at a, like a house party, you know, you got to have a little bit of like decorum, right? Especially if like, especially if you're a new guy walking into that environment, you got to kind of like, like you said, be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Which way does does the does the earth move in this party here? Are they KU fans? Or are they UNC fans? You know? Yep. You know, yeah. I'm on the text thread. I'm representing my KU boys and my familial UNC ties. I'm trying to keep it 50 50. I'm not trying Were you to out of watch party. No, 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 no. My, uh, it was a single party watch party. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I like, yeah, I like this because it's like, so let's just, let's throw some, some, no can do's out there. Some yes. stuff that we've kind of witnessed and it's just like, get out of here. The guy that nobody knows that's rooting for the other team that's rooting a little too loud or louder than anybody kind of rooting at all. Like the guy that can show a little humility, like even if they're winning, like that's a fun hang. The guy yeah, that's yeah. There and just kind of like legit getting pissed off. Like every time like KU makes a three or something, it's just like, you're going to have to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That's a, that's a, and I've been, I've been that guy in the situation where I went to the Michigan, um, I went to the Michigan Iowa Big Ten championship game, right? Yep. But I was with all Iowa fans right. the whole time. But I was still repping my set. I was still wearing my Michigan. What's up? Go yeah. blue. I'm, we- I'm wearing this one right now. Looks you know what I mean? Thank yeah. you, bro. Thank you. Um, but yes, but it is one of those things where like playful yeah. shit talking will is just fine, knowing the level, but by no means like getting too like yeah, yes, with that- it. 
yeah, stop bringing up specific stats. Like we stomped your ass like 10 out of the last 12 times. Like we average more than like fucking 15 points than you do at home. Like, it's just like, you gotta, it's almost like a little bit to play with like a little humility, you know, yes. like if you're, if you're losing, just being like, can you guys like call off the dogs? Like I'd see it as a personal <laughs> right. favor if you don't mind. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> and you, it, know, you know, I mean? and if you're winning, it's just kind of like keeping your mouth shut and your head down. Yeah. You know, you can still cheer, you know what I mean? But don't certainly like, you know, come at them and be like, you know, especially if you're laying it, if they're laying it on, like as if the game is getting tense or yeah. if the game is a blowout, like no one wants to have the hot doggy, like sitting there rooting and hollering and, 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 you know, and cheering on your team. Like, Oh, there goes another touchdown. Like, no, don't do that. Just be chill. Like you said, humility. Also, also here's the thing. Way. Like, yeah, on the macro, like, I'm not saying like, if you're a diehard or whatever you tell yourself in the new mirror to make yourself feel like you're part of the team, like then just don't go fucking out and watch the game. Like just stay right. at your own place and watch it. Like if you can't handle yourself or if like your emotions are this unhinged based on what these players do, then maybe just not be out there. You just kind of got, it's a different thing than sitting at home with all your boys, like than it is like going out to watch party. Yeah. And I also hate like talking a bunch of shit pregame only to get it like thrown back in my face like I'm, I'm always worrying that if I talk a big load of shit and I'm talking to everybody and I'm just like we're gonna run you over we're gonna do whatever we want on there like it's gonna be 45 25 at halftime and I'm just gonna be like oh I just yeah. I wrote a bunch of shit talk checks I cannot cash baby well you also gotta respect someone else's house too like if I come over to yes. your house if you invite me over to watch the KU Michigan basketball game and I come over like can't be like up like in your face like just like yes. running around your living room <laughs> like this right, is right. like your space but it's but it's a, like a little different like you can be excited about the michigan stuff and just being like you know like a little playful ribbing but like but it's reversed like if you come over to my place to like watch the ku like michigan football game you can't just be like you guys fucking suck like just like, like <laughs> right place. you gotta know like there is a little home field advantage forever who's whoever's hosting also for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think the other thing is, is watch party etiquette. If you, and I think that we get this a lot in the Super Bowl. I'll give you this person, the person that's like, has no idea what's going on in the game or like has no clue as to who the teams are. Why, why, why are we even watching this game? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the disinterested yeah. level, like I get it. You're not a sports fan. You're not somebody that's here because you have a rooting like, you know, a stake in either of the team, just fucking don't, don't, don't shit on it too much. Like, let it be, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, understand sure. like, that. Yeah. You don't have to like be like as loud as you can, just talking about just like how you don't get the violence of it. And it's just like, it's things like this that lead to it's just like violence today. Like, it's right. just like, everyone's just trying to enjoy the sports game. Like, right. Like, I heard most of the players go broke afterwards. Is that true? It's like, all right, <laughs> yeah, fuck, we're just, yeah, we're just trying to root on our team. Uh, and then kind of figure out the drinks. Is, oh, this is a big thing. This might just go to house parties in general. Kind of rubs me wrong. I'm going to tell you a little secret, though. Ooh. I'm going to tell you like a little something I look out for, right. especially now that we're a little older. I don't know if we've talked about this before. Yeah. Whisper it. I don't think anyone's listening. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I kind of, I frown a little bit on the person that brings like a six pack, has like four of them. And it's just like, all right, I'm going to take my two that I brought home with me to like a party. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying, bro? 
Yes, I know I just, what you're saying. I yeah. think it's a bag. Look, I think it's just like, hey, can you put what I brought here to? You're nice enough to host, but put everything that I showed up with on my person in a doggy bag so I could take that back home with me. Yeah, this and is the one man's thing. Yeah, no, no, no. This is the person at the group dinner that is like, I didn't have any of the appetizer. So I'm yeah, going to just like, I'm just going to take that 350 out of the, the pot and just <laughs> put it back on you. Make, make the seven of you figure that out. <laughs> divide up 350 by that you know what i mean like yeah, yeah that's that's the thing like it is like it is the like tribute to the house party right it is i'm yeah, coming in there yeah. if i if i bring a bottle of wine you know as a gift or like hey i'm gonna dip into this i think it's also the the same guy that's also like equally territorial over like the twisted teas that he brought like hey where'd you get the <laughs> tea? you know yeah yeah it's like, come on, man. It's just, it's in the fridge. It's communal at this point. Like we're all sharing it. You know what I mean? And if you're, if you, if you're so worried about what you're drinking, then uh, I don't know, like just bring like, just, just, just post up at the bar then and just drink your own drinks the whole time. You know, like, you know, it's just like an hour before this house party, just go to your nearest bar, just get your swerve on, just yeah. get nice and lit. And then yeah. Uber over, and then you don't have to worry about that many trips to the fridge. There yes, you go. I agree. I agree. So yeah, I I'm 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 100 with you there. Nice. You got to offer it up it. as as yeah. tribute. Yeah. Glad you whispered it. You should have actually sing it from the mountaintops because people yeah. need to hear this more often. Sing it from the movie screen, right, bro? Yeah. Oh, oh, all back. Um, last one. Do I have to take my shoes off? I mean, I can't. I know I have to. Um, if I can, I do this as another option to come over to people's house that host an house party. Because instead of taking my shoes off, which I absolutely hate to do, I get we have to do it. Can I, in a little bag, in a little backpack, just keep a pair of shoes that have never touched outside Earth? And then when I just show up to someone's house, switch into like these little house slippers, but they actually be tennis shoes and then walk around their house. Would, would that be an insane request? Not insane request. I'm actually kind of with you on this because <laughs> nice. I'm a guy that's like, take your shoes off. As we just had 30 showings, we had a sign out, take your shoes off when you yeah. come walking through. So if you got hardwood floors, I don't think it's as bad of a deal, but if you mm -hmm. got carpet, like that's where as me, the shoe wearer has to observe, like, you know, plus you got the pile of shoes right in the front. Like I'm always going to assume, like, I'm, I'm just going to take my shoes off to get to, to start. Right. Yeah. Just, it's kind of like, I just find it like, I can't find the right word. It's not demoralizing. It's not emasculating. It's just like, I just kind of feel like a little kid. It's just like, yeah, it's okay. I take my shoes off and I just walk around in my little socks. Like you, you, <laughs> yeah, you've got, like, you've got, got my PJs on. You're, you're, you're sock conscious. You're worried that you're going to have a hole in your sock. <laughs> yeah. But I do like if you, if you, here's the thing. I think this is a power move. If you take with the bag, you got a yeah. designated bag, brand new, you, brand new pair of shoes, brand new pair. And I always think if you get like, like some sort of like cellophane to like mm -hmm. peel off the bottom, like a freshness seal, like you're like, Hey, yeah. look, this is totally clean, baby. These, yeah, these... It's like when you send in your tax documents, it has like a seal on it that hasn't been broken. That's just been like approved by like, it's just like cut it open. Yeah, exactly. And then that way you're free to go. That If you brought that, if you showed me and you're like, whose house is this? And you're like, Hey baby, this yeah. is, uh, you know, uh, you know, untouched pair. I did, I did visit a woman one time and I thought this was wild, but she had literally house slippers for every room. So she took it to another level. That is really wild. She would go from one room, get out of those slippers and then move into the living room slippers to like motor about. Cause those ones only stayed in that area. 
I don't get it. What's going on in one room that can't be crossed over to the other room? Dude, I'm I I don't know about time <laughs> space and like you know sure, you know. Yeah. But you're implying levels. that kind of like one that one whatever you're getting on your feet in one room is no good for the other room. So what's this? No, it sounds like one room's the problem. I think. Well, no, I think we're keeping it. Like I think she's the problem. Yes, mm-hmm. but. I mean, there's a level between madness and genius that I think we need to examine, right? Mm-hmm. And she's right there. <laughs> yeah. Because it's one of those things where it's like, maybe she, I don't know what kind of carpet situations she's got room to room, but maybe she's like, maybe she's like a carpet file. You know, there's some wood people yeah. out there. We did best woods. We did. Maybe, maybe she's just like, a, I don't know if she, I don't know, maybe shag. That's the only shag. carpet I could think of the second you said oh. that shag i don't <laughs> shag know i don't but is there anything shag, else beyond carpet. shag shark shag carpet, carpet regular yeah. standard carpet is that mm-hmm. a thing yeah okay um all right guys i know you learned a lot right there so just you're you're welcome to be a little bit <laughs> up up to snuff at your next house party send us an email let's know your thoughts it may be sports podcast at gmail.com does m a have it we got Ooh. this from our emailer the pod bang writes in all right this is NCAA men's basketball trivia for MA. Okay. How many can you get right out of five? Right now, I'm going to set the over under. Leave my boy. I got to do the over under at three and a half. 3.5. Okay. That's, that's, that's the over under. That's fair. That's fair. You've seen these questions. I have not. So you know how. Uh, and, and, and knowing Banger, they, I think they usually typically go like easy to harder, right? I mean, that's usually the, the feel of it. It's a good, yeah, it's, it's a good lay down. I mean, some of these we're going to have to award you if you get pretty close. and Pretty close. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, question number one, who is the last Big Ten team to win a men's basketball championship? Who was the last Big Ten team to win a national championship? Um. I mean, it would have to be not Indiana, not Ohio, not Michigan, not Wisconsin, not Purdue, not Illinois. It'd have to be Michigan State in 1999. Michigan State in 2000. 2000, sorry. 2000. Yeah, no, no, no. That's worth two points. That's good. Just realized like five isn't going to do it at all. Michigan State 2000, you get them both. Um, What was the name of the 16 seed that beat number one seed Virginia in 2018? Oh, UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. <laughs> yes. Uh, for bonus point, do you remember their mascot? They were the Terriers. Retrievers. Retrievers. Damn it. I knew it was a dog. Who has the most points scored in a single tourney game? In a single game. I will give you a hint. I think he's a Notre Dame, Notre Dame alum. I think it's Austin Carr. It is Austin Carr. <laughs> oh, man. Smoking it, bro. Um, you want to take a stab at the number of points? I have an interesting story with um, Austin Carr. So did I ever tell you about the time that I, I almost was like a part of the, the Duke's uh, fundraising department when I lived in North Carolina? No, I don't think so. Yeah, Maybe. So I, I went, I went down the, I went down the chain of, of doing all that stuff. And one of the, uh, I actually met with the athletic director. I met with everybody in the staff, met final interview was with the athletic director. 
uh, Kevin White, I think his name was at the time. That he's no longer the AD now at, at Duke. But anyways, met with him. And then we started talking and he mentioned that he was at Notre Dame one time. And me being the, you know, I'm looking for anything in my brain to like build rapport with. I was like, oh, were you there at the same time that Austin Carr was? And he was like, no, Austin Carr was like 20 years older than me. And I was like, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Needless and to say, I don't know if that was the reason why I didn't, get, didn't the get the gig. I, I didn't get the gig. <laughs> didn't get the gig. Um, 61 points. That's how many. 61. Oh, nice. Who has the most NCAA tourney career points? Tourney career points? Tournament career points. Oh. I mean, Austin Carp, there was 61 points, but I don't think they played quite a bit. I'm going to go with like, I don't know if this is going to be right. I'm going to go with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's not correct. It is. Christian Leitner. Really? Christian Leitner? Yeah. That would make Four, sense. I mean, 407 points. 407? Like, yeah. Yeah. Any kind of like a, like a four year guy. Was going to do Jabbar? He wasn't. How many Tech, years? Did he three years. Three years. Yeah. That makes sense. And they, I don't think they, back then, they had as many games. So yeah. you got to find like a, like a, 19, like a great college player. Yeah, uh, 1985 and on, because I think that's when they went to 64, somewhere in there. So like mid mid 80s, early 90s. So Christian Leitner, four year starter, like that makes total sense. Yeah, that's that sweet spot. Uh, seven different schools have had to vacate their Final Four banners since 1984. Can MA name four of them? How many? Seven. Seven different schools have had to vacate their final four banners since 1984. I can I name four of them? Yeah, right. some of these, some of these had to do more than one. Oh, they're kind of like back-to-back years. So I guess that would make sense. Well, I know Louisville is one of them because that was the one that Michigan played and they they had to vacate that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Was the Yukon? Was Yukon one? Yukon is not one. Yukon is not one. Fuck. Um, since 1985. All right, every time you miss one, I'm gonna tell you one. Okay. Um Memphis State in 1984. Memphis State 1984. Interesting. Uh, that does not help at all. <laughs> that doesn't move, <laughs> it doesn't move the needle at all. I know I'm trying to take one that you would have never gotten. Off the board, helping you, bro. Uh, I'm Team MA on this. I'm Team MA. Team MA. Thank you, bro. Well, I'm already at. Well, I'm at three. Oh, you right nailed now. it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. nailed it. Hey, um, All right, I'll give you. So now I'll start giving you years. Uh, 91 and 92. This team had to vacate 91 and 92 Final Four appearances. Banners. Oh, Final Four or championships? Final Four banners. Vacate the oh, Final Four. Oh, 91 Final and 92 Four. is Michigan. Michigan, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking championships. My bad. Oh, okay. Michigan, uh, Louisville. Yeah. Final four. Uh, Memphis State, but not Memphis, right? The Cal Memphis years. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. Memphis State. But that's the one I gave you. But that was 1984, you said. That was different. Yeah. What year are you saying? 
I was thinking that like the year that that you know he had the run with like Derrick Rose because I was thinking Derrick Rose. But not Memphis the, State, Memphis. You're saying Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, yeah, Memphis. Yeah, Memphis, 2007. Correct. 2007. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that so you said 1984. I thought you said. I said Memphis State. Oh, okay, right. Memphis yeah, State, yeah. 1984. Memphis, 2007. Okay, we're real. Who, who's on first thing going on? Oh, I but see. oh, so that is that is one. That is one. Yes, you got yes, that. One. Okay, yes. all right. So that's two, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, Syracuse. I don't know. Um, UMass, 1995. Oh, damn it! Fucking Rick Pitino. Minnesota, 1996. 1996. Ooh, I did not know that. Minnesota, 1996. And Ohio State, 1998. 1998. Ohio. Riveting stuff. Me and Paul to show down for you. Beautiful. I love it. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. Uh, top revenge movies bro were you able to do all these off the dome i did all these off the dome you did i did yes i did all of them and then i like had to double back and look at them to make sure that was this the movie that i remembered just to like double check myself yeah i do that um so in my constellation bracket i had just because I brought like brought it up, but I was able to think of a better one. But you remember Hard to Kill with Steven Seagal? I was obsessed with that movie when I was like eight years old. Like they almost kill him and they like kill his wife or whatever. And then he like has to like learn how to do bench press again, learn how to do like overhead pull downs because he's all like he gets out of that coma. Oh, I don't remember this one. Is this the one where he's the Native American? No. Uh, no, I don't think so. Is this where he's on the ship? He's <laughs> like, he's like, that's under siege. Oh, that's a good one too. Mm-hmm. But this is which one is this one about? He's just he's just trying to vendetta against his. It's hard to kill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, fucking, it's a bad motherfucker. Is what he yeah, is. They kill his wife and they put him in a coma, and he was like, "Not on my watch." Mm-mm. I'll catch up with you. I'm gonna get okay. your ass. I'm gonna learn how to do some push-ups again. Yeah, I falls in love with the nurse everything. Anyway, constellation bracket number three spot. I have shot caller. You know about this movie? You hear about this movie? You hear about this movie? Shot caller. I told you you have you have you have to watch this movie. Yeah, so it's got um it's got a little independent movie vibe to it. Oh wait wait wait. Does this does this have the dude from Game of Thrones in it? Yeah. Yes, I've seen this on like Netflix, and I'm like, what is this hot piece of garbage? (laughs) Have you watched it? No, of course not. It's so good. So is it? It's so it's so good. It's so good. I'm not even gonna ruin anything. Like I need you to watch this, bro. Date night. We do eight nights. We've done one of those in the longest. Yeah. Erica actually brought up that we should do, um, if we're gonna do winning time for date night, that might be a good. That's the Ben Affleck. The Ben Affleck. Wait, no, that's uh, that's the Lakers. Oh yes. Yeah, the Lakers show. I Josh just watched. Riley. I just watched the new Ben Affleck movie with oh, the. the one uh, What's that? Yeah, the one on Amazon. Yes, with the- Anna de Armas. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's Hulu, yeah. Yeah, it's on Hulu. We just watched it. So, watch. <laughs> watch. I'll check out. What's Shot Caller? You guys see it. Okay, all right. So I, I'll just say the premise is just like, I'm not even going to ruin anything. I can't ruin yeah. it. Yeah. You're going to watch it. I'm not He's just it. an OG white guy. 
that's not that's not what happens at all it is it is in my mind what's your number three my number three this is the first movie when you said revenge movies this is the first movie that came to it i hope i'm not gonna take away from any of yours Mm. but the first one that came to my mind when i thought revenge movies because i always remember the scene between jason patrick and brad pitt i'm talking about sleepers where he literally talks about revenge he's like do you ever read kind of do you ever read the kind of money crisco i read a little bit every night it's about revenge and da 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 and it's so like it's i forget like this this was a good movie this is a good movie that movie, I, I rewatched that movie like once every three years. That's such that's such a good like just the courtroom scenes when Brad Pitt like writes all of like Dustin Hoffman stuff and Dustin Hoffman can't like get to and Brad Pitt's like intentionally like you know oh, fucking yeah. up and trying to get it. It's so and then like the Robert De Niro like I maybe there's spoilers coming or whatever. Yeah, you win that round. Great, great call. Good. My two spot revenge movie. This is a revenge movie with a twist because it's kind of told backwards and then you eventually find out that the revenge he's going after. It's already been done and taken care of. Talking about a little movie called Memento. Mm, I knew that was going to be on there. Oh, yeah, you felt that. I did feel that that was going to be on your list. Yeah, this guy's alive for one thing, and it's not for memories because he don't have any. It's just about these tats on his body and finding out who killed his wife and getting after John G. Yeah, I, I. this is a very good movie. That I was what I have lots of these movies. I'm like, this is a great movie. Why don't I watch this more often? Because mm-hmm. I never like think about it. I never see it. Maybe I'm in my life is like mementoing the movie Memento. <laughs> well, I think the harder is just like with if you're, you know, especially because you know, you're I'm sure like nighttime is like kind of hectic time. And then when you kind of sure. get down and you have like your own movie time where it's not like family movie night, I just want to watch something to like chill. You know, it's just like, like, you're just like, oh, do I want to bite off a piece of this memento apple again and just really lean forward and like try to fucking remember how all these like storylines string together? It's like considering winning time. Yeah. Considering like movie watching now consists of like watching a movie over like two and a half nights (laughs) or so. Like, yeah, momentum is going to be a bigger pull because I'm slipping a little bit too. I can remember Austin Carr, but I certainly don't know what happened to Guy Pierce in the last act. (laughs) Um, Okay. My number two. Yeah. Um, I think you would call this a revenge movie. Not I'm going to go with, yeah, it's also got Brad Pitt in it. It's also got George Clooney in it, who I know you like. It's got an ensemble cast. Ooh, little Ocean. Billy Ocean, little Ocean's Eleven, little guy, because he's trying to get revenge, get Tess back. You know what I mean? He's trying to, trying to, trying to go back at uh, fucking, what's his face, his name? Fucking. The That's guy's close. Like, I would, you know what's funny is I would give you Ocean's Twelve. It's weird because I had these playing in the background like last week it's kind of funny you brought those up because if usually i would just give it to you because i'm just like i haven't seen those movies in like a decade but now i gotta i gotta bark back a little bit bro Ooh, I, hate to okay. do it. I think i'd give you oceans 12 because oceans 12 is about the guy that they robbed like coming back to get revenge on them uh the whatever is um the guard uh andy garcia's character yes yes but in oceans 11 andy garcia Andy Garcia hasn't done anything to him. He took Tess. He took Julia Roberts. Okay. All right. I'm listening. It's, it's yeah. It's, okay. It, right. That's the okay. only reason why he goes against him, just because it's a sure, little okay. like one-upsmanship against 
the guy that stole his girl, even though he's doing, you know, a bid in, in prison. Oh, that scene when they sit down, and it's just like, you're a thief and a liar. I only lied about being a thief. A thief yeah. like, send me the divorce papers. I told you I'd write. That, the writing of that scene is just like, it's... That's a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. The, the writing in that whole movie is is awesome. Like, it's great. Like, I love even, like, Scott Kahn and, like, uh, Casey oh, Black. Yeah, like, those yeah, two yeah. fucking idiots are great. Fucking around each other. Yeah, so it's great. Uh, my number one spot, revenge movie. I mean, this is, from child, this is classic you killed my dad. I'm coming after you. Like, no matter how close we get, I'm going to infiltrate you, get as close as I can. And then I'm going to take you down, whether you find out or not. I'm going to have a little bit of respect for you, but I'm going to have to do it. And we got the greatest actor of all time, Daniel Day-Lewis, one of the other greatest actors of all time, Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm talking gangs of New York. Ooh. Gangs Ooh. of New York, bro. This Damn movie it. is straight revenge. And it's, like three Damn, hours and dude. 20 minutes of revenge. And then you got the twist during the whole fucking scene mm-hmm. where he finds Bill out. the butcher. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, dude. That's a really good one. Oh, thanks. And bro. I and I know. Let me let me let's, real quick. That, that revenge of the nerds just ain't gonna stand up. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it has revenge in the title. <laughs> um, no, uh taken good revenge movie. That's a, that's a revenge movie. Good revenge movie. This is my this is my console bracket. Um, yeah, I say I say Taken's closer to just like uh, get like rescue movie. Yeah, like, yeah. That's why I had it in my console bracket. It was like it wasn't like it wasn't like an identifiable like I'm coming after this guy. Here's another Robert De Niro underrated one uh, with Nick Nolte talking Cape Fear. Cape Fear was a mother. Cape Fear was a scary movie. Do you remember Cape Fear? Oh yeah, Cape yeah, Fear and the lovable goofball Juliet Lewis, like she's just all weird and doing her thing. Um, but my number one, I, and I know we talked about this movie, and I don't think you have the love that I do. I actually, I think Doctor Commit Mrs. The Commission doesn't love it as much as I do either, because I always like to watch it. And I think she poo poos it, but I'm talking about Kill Bill. Give me some oh, Kill yeah. Bill Volume One, Volume Two. Doesn't matter. Take your pick. I love it, but give me Kill Bill, uh, Volume Two. I, that's my favorite. That's good, man. This is a close one. So that is a really good one. I mean, because yeah. that's not my favorite uh, Tarantino. Like, I know it's but, not, but but that is like that is straight like her coming back like one mission in her mind. Uh, what was your number two spot? Oh yeah, Ocean's, Ocean's, uh, Ocean's yeah, Eleven. Yeah, yeah, Victory Brandana. Yeah, I, fi- I figured. I figured. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. To it may be sports podcast episode two. 13. Like we said, shoot us an email. It may be sports podcast at gmail.com. Rock Chalk. Speaking of Rock Chalk, our MVPs of the week. So it's KU Jayhawks. KU Jayhawks, baby. KU Jayhawks, baby. Set. Awesome. Got it done. Got it done. Hardest, uh, hardest thing to win in sports is that tournament. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the most it's the truest champion, as we've said. And you know you find you know you, you got to get fucking hot for three weeks straight, man. Gotta make it happen. You gotta make it happen. Um, I, I I went back and forth on my MVP because I really I really love like Bill Self in the final moments and like embracing the KU, but I, I gotta go with David McCormick because I just thought like I know uh, Oche got the MVP and and he's and that's kind of like a. Like for the whole 
season and his whole thing. Like sure, yeah. he was definitely the best player on their team throughout the season and throughout the most, you know, uh, most games, but like McCormick, man, like in the final four, like there just wasn't anyone better than him hitting big shots at the end of the game, dominating on both ends. You, you like, up, you, you really like a big man putting in work too. I like it. You know, and, and I also like the story of him, like, kind of being like a little bit of like, oh, he's kind of our Achilles heel and, you know, not really like, I, we wish he could be more. And, you know, yeah. the guy just works, seems like, like a by and large, like a really good teammate from the little bit that I can tell, but I did definitely thought it was like, they gave the best player on the best team, the MVP versus the guy that actually was like the best player on the floor. Cause you, you could have even made a, a case for Brown like you really could have made a case for in that second half because he was equally as devastating I love that guy yeah yeah he was fucking phenomenal in both of those games so I, I we just got to get a little love so let's give me give me David McCormick alright guys that's a wrap on episode 213 I am Brandon why don't you sign yourself off most awesome folks there's a little trail 213 podcast to find out the Mab Mento. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.